Hello, I am Joel McLeod. I'm Roland Tanner. And welcome to the Thursday episode of the 905 Roundup. Uh, today is going to be a short but impactful episode. Uh, we just have two two big stories we want to talk to you about uh, today. Uh, focusing uh, on council candidate ethics and tawdry news, not so much. Well, we'll <laughs> see. Roland, Roland, what do you got for us? Yeah, well, I thought we'd start off with just a, a link that a listener sent me today, a really interesting link, uh, and I thank them for forwarding it to me. And uh, but I thought it was worth talking about, not necessarily for the reason that um, that would immediately seem to be the reason. Uh, <laughs> to wish to clarify that terrible sentence, um, there have been some things on social media and a couple of complaints. One of which got as far as the city clerk um, about. Um, Paul Sharman, who's the the councillor for Ward Five in Burlington, uh, he's been I think this is his fourth term he's going for, um, and um, uh, there was something. Uh, so the first story that that kind of came up and, and got into one of the Burlington um, websites was, uh, or the Burlington Gazette, I think it was, was um, about uh, kind of providing incentives to to um, people to to take a lawn sign and uh, uh, the uh, clerk sort of looked at that and said yeah that's actually perfectly legal you can do that um, and it's certainly odd a little bit unusual but we're just on, on that one and we'll, we'll come back to it but I haven't heard of anybody doing that before but I have heard of people pay, paying for lawn signs I've heard of people paying for signs at bus shelters I've heard of people paying for all kinds of advertising it's paying for advertising that's legal you're allowed to do that it's a big part of any campaign so although it's uh, unusual it's like you know to say oh my god he's paying for people to put lawn signs on his lawn yeah so what um it, you know the the bigger one was was something on um uh, an article that was on the uh if i can just bring it up the Burlington ontario reddit uh subreddit reddit yeah i always forget the name of reddit because i'm so in touch with with, <laughs> uh, with social media and such that you know reddit is uh, for old guys and i never look at it uh, no that's not true um uh accusing paul sharman of you know really <laughs> using the words corruption and you know dirty politics and blah 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 um and i, and I looked at it and it's like yeah that's really you know Let's start from this point. I've known Paul Sharman for quite a long time, since before he was a councillor. Uh, I worked with him on the um, Shape Burlington committee. Um, and, and I think it's fair to say that we are very different people. Although we may have somewhat similar accents, we are uh, we, we take a very different view of the world. He is fairly small C, sometimes big C conservative. I am not. Um, he is very, fisc you know, very... Um, I think fiscal conservative really could be his middle name, uh, you know, when it's about looking after the purse strings or whatever, I think he would say, I think I'm being fair to him to say that that is what he would uh, always talk about. Uh, and I'm, you know, he would probably describe me as a bleeding heart, liberal, lefty, useless, weak need, whatever. And that's fair enough as a fair point. <laughs> he could be right. Um, I certainly am from. I'm of the of the center left to left, um, depending on which day of the week it is and how I'm feeling. Um, 
so I'm not defending Paul Sharman because I because I agree with him. I'm defending him kind of because of how often I disagree with him, and that I think if we're gonna go after a politician, you need to go after them with stuff that's actually honest and based well, on, on facts. Now, the story is about Paul Sharman accepting donations from a large number of uh, of um, developers uh, developers over the years. It's like, yep, yeah, he does. Um, he, like thousands and thousands of, of well, I'm going to guess thousands, of councillors and candidates across Ontario right now will be accepting checks from developers. Personal checks, not corporate checks. And that is 100% legal for them to do. They are allowed to do it. It's legal. They're allowed, um, uh, they're, just as they're allowed to take a check from any business owner, as long as it's a personal check from any union member or mem uh, union leader, as long as it's a personal check. Um, that's always been the case. Now, I don't think, I think it's a huge problem that the money from developers plays a vastly disproportionate role in elections. I think that's a huge problem. When I ran, I wouldn't take money from developers, uh, whether person well personal was the only way but you know if if i thought a check was coming from a developer they never tried to donate to me um <laughs> just make that clear none of them wanted me um but if one had i wouldn't have accepted it that's my personal choice paul sharman is, is you know one thing we cannot say about paul sharman is that he's a hypocrite he's not portraying himself as a champion of the of of opponents to development and then taking checks from them no paul sharman has been very consistent over his career he's a, he's one of the guys who you know who's been pretty supportive of well more than pretty supportive of development downtown pretty supportive of development in many places um who was very you know I've, I've been at council meetings where Paul Sharman was extremely critical of people who were opposing high-rises in downtown Burlington he called them entitled he called them uh one percenters and I was like wow really that's kind of you know kind of crazy um but again that's his opinion and he's entitled to it and there's nothing corrupt about it whatsoever um and and you know the one thing I'll say for Paul Sharman that I, that I think I've learned over the years is the guy will say what he thinks and he doesn't sugarcoat it he will say it out loud um and if he offends you he doesn't really care and, and there's something to be said for that i will say um that's not a common uh political attribute um so i'm not going to bat for the guy i still disagree with 99 of, of the things you know i I'm just not the kind of person who, who's really in gonna ever be in team paul uh, well, but but when when it comes to to you know if we're going to go after people go after him after what he's actually said go after the fact that he called residents of Burlington a bunch of entitled one percenters I mean I did and that's a fair thing to go after him on because that's a dumb thing to say <laughs> well I mean but when I read the article that you sent it to me and I was going through it and I I get the person who wrote it um, is it, not a Paul Sherman fan uh, very clearly but it, what strikes me is that it's strikes me as a, as a as a misunderstanding of how politics works money's there you know like the, the, it, money is just it's part of politics it, it it will be for the foreseeable future until we actually want meaningful reform to our system and that's going to mean um public tax dollars involved in 
in the system in some way. Uh, we've talked about, you know, the city, the, instead of permitting uh, 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 bus ads or whatnot, you say, no, everyone gets a, a flyer mailed to them, like a catalog of every candidate in your ward, that are everyone, every candidate you're eligible to vote for and you do their platform and they can take with that a, and you get it and you can take that to the polls. Um, Paul, Paul, we've had Paul on the episode, on the podcast before. Uh, Paul struck me as very, uh, very well, well, well knowledge on the subjects, on the topics. Like he's, he's not a, uh, he's not a fool by any standard. Uh, he's, yeah, like we probably don't agree with him on a few policy decisions, but he is entitled to those decisions as well. He is very transparent on the fact that he is pro-development. So it should be no surprise that developers say, hey, can I cut you a check? To say that that's a sign of corruption, no, if anything, that's an honest politician. <laughs> that's the definition of an honest well, yeah, politician. Uh, you're, these you're checks the, are all going to, you know, the, the reason the, the poll's getting the stick and not some of the other councillors, who I can tell you right now, if they, if they haven't already taken checks from developers, then they probably will do. And some of them won't. Like, you know, Marianne Ward has always said, I'm not going to take money from developers. And boy, she couldn't do. If she did, she would be a huge hypocrite. She won't do, and she hasn't. And they wouldn't want to give it to her because, you know, she's kind of the enemy, right? Paul's kind of the person who's more on the side of the angels as far as they're concerned. Mm -hmm. um, there are, I would say, amongst the new crop of councillors, I would predict one or two of them will be taking donations from uh from uh, developers right now I could be wrong I could be wrong I don't know but the thing is we won't know for a few months until their accounts are put in right. Fushama's accounts are audited from four uh, three previous elections three elections four elections I forget how many so here's the accounts there if you went through the accounts of every other councillor with the exception of Marianne Mead Ward um, before 2018, I would predict that you would see exactly the same donations. Certainly Jack Dennison, certainly, um, mm -hmm. well, I, I'm not going to name names, but I mean, you know, the, the, the traditionally every councillor in Ontario has had a warm relationship with developers. Is that wrong? Is that regrettable? Is it's that so problematic? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because uh, not corrupt, I mean, it's not under a strict de legal definition of the, of the word. It's not corruption it's completely legal i think um, we're getting we're getting too too much into the weeds on, on this one with it, it's not just developers it's the fact that you you accept money from people who will give money to you so do you make the assumption that that person is therefore indebted to whoever gave the money now if you're okay with you know the the little sweet little old lady who can only give fifty dollars to a campaign and that's who candidate X or candidate Y is in, indebted to, to getting them elected. So be it, you know, that's a, that's a nice, fun, cozy story. Here's the thing, they're still indebted to them. They're mm -hmm. still, uh, it, that's, you know, and, and like you, can't, you can't have it both ways. Money is involved in our, pol in our political system, not just at the municipal, but all the way up through provincial and definitely at the federal level as well. This is what it, it brings down to. Now, you can dislike Paul Sharman, because of his policy, you could say, I want somebody who's a little less uh, development friendly uh, it, to represent Ward 5 around the table, as well as you can for any other uh, municipal election. You could say, well, I don't like this candidate's pro-development or anti-development stance. Don't, don't, don't start 
finding there's there's no there's no gravy here when you're 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 scraping the uh the the candidate donation list and find out oh people who like what he has to say gave him money that's that's not a scandal and it's not a sign of a, of corruption and it make and it makes our it makes our politics dirtier and it, it, it yeah makes our, no it makes everybody our, does it makes our politics so that we can't have an honest discussion about development because here's the thing paul sherman might have a good point on some things we do we do need intensification now how that intensification shapes that is a nuanced discussion but we can't have a nuanced discussion if we're going to turn to paul and say you took money from developers therefore you're an evil you're, you're an evil person and we can't trust anything you say that's not really a great uh, middle ground to uh, to ha- to start having a conversation, a nuanced conversation about something that, quite frankly, uh, is b- b- very badly needed in the 905 region. Yeah, I, and yeah, a couple of additional points uh, make make on that. And, and the first one is being yeah, we we need to get away from this. If I disagree with you, you are therefore a get bad guy. I disagree with Paul Sharman. I don't necessarily think he's a bad guy. Um, I have no reason to believe he's anything but a decent guy, according to his worldview, uh, and that's fine. And we we need to do that. I mean, we need to get better at defending our political opponents from unfair attacks, because it makes the point that you know. This is democracy. We're allowed to disagree. We're allowed to disagree very strongly. We're allowed to disagree fundamentally. That doesn't mean that the other guy is the enemy. Uh, and you know the Trumpification of pol- politics has mm. ha- that's what we have right now. I disagree with you. Therefore, I hate you. And no, that's but let's do what we can to to, to stop that. I'm just going to add one final p- uh, addendum onto that argument the reason why we need to start looking at the middle ground and say what you know I'll, I'll meet you i'll meet you here and i'll concede some things to you is because there are we're seeing that there are people in our political discourse who are advocating things that are just abhorrent or very much at the very least ill-conceived ill-thought-out and and we we the general consensus it'd be very harmful um to the extent extreme of outright racist sexist homophobic and and just terrible terrible things to advocate uh from any level of politics those are the places that we need to stand united and say whether we you know right or left uh liberal or conservative or ndp or green party on this matter we all stand united and you don't have a place at the table on this there are if we can't look for that commonality amongst our political uh, opponents, I'm not going to say enemies, uh, opponents, then when the real enemies come knocking at the gates, we can't we can't determine who they are, and that's what we're seeing. And I and I would go as far as say the danger is you know we're seeing that danger here in Canada at the federal level, um, and I'll I'll go as far as say you know the the conservative party there are good conser- decent conservative people, but the direction that that party is going with the the you know a- adhering to dangerous folks in this uh in this uh in our country ladies and gentlemen it's a dangerous path that we're going down and we can't stand to 
virtue signal or to 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 forever move the chains and 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 move the gates of who gets to participate in democracy if we can't look and say i i disagree with your opinions on that matter um but this is where the real fight is Uh, that's it i mean yeah absolutely i'm going to say one final thing on on the issue of of political donations and funding that i think there's a huge a huge problem with the political donation system that we have at the moment at every level um uh, the banning of corporate donations did i know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago but you know to reiterate a point this is really what's going on here the people see a donation from somebody and view that as as wrong and there's a the point to be made that yes that is all kinds of problematic not necessarily illegal though that's that's the difference um the the point that we should be taking on rather than trying to smear politicians who we don't like with with innuendo is how do we fix it and really the only way you the only way you can truly fix political donations is by not having them at all now if you say that the political donation limit is a hundred dollars then the person who gives a hundred dollars is now your biggest donor and they will get just as much attention as the thousand dollar donor used to get uh, you you know it the the, uh, the, the cost of, of political influence is remarkably cheap in ontario i mean it went up to about three thousand dollars recently but it used to be you know just 1200 at, at every level um there is an alternative way to do this and that is to to not let candidates raise money and not to have this very inefficient and often unfair kind of contest for for donor dollars which is a big con anyway because at provincial or federal level those, those dollars are actually underwritten to the to about two-thirds extent by by taxpayers um and to you know basically they're 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 trying to get people enthusiastic in a thing that people aren't enthusiastic in to pay for leaflets that no one wants to receive lawn signs that no one wants to put on their lawn it, it's a crazy thing like why don't we just pay out of the taxpayer's pocket to make sure every candidate's information is delivered to every home so that every person can look at a booklet with all the candidates in where they get to say i'm john smith this is what i'm running on uh, and they don't have to beg borrow and steal or they don't have to ask for money from developers or developers wives or developers secretaries or the guy who runs the shop downtown or mrs smith at number 12 right um but they all get their chance to get their words across wouldn't that actually make more sense and on that note let's take a break and we'll be back with more right after this uh and we're back uh this time to look at the other uh b word in the 905 brampton uh or or maybe i should say brown more specifically patrick brown uh because uh as he's he's the guy who just he who never leaves the headlines (laughs) oh and and, you know the the headline that he's got most recently and it's probably got most people's attention is you know a seeming kind of vindication of the accusation that he was using Brampton staff to run his campaign. The integrity commissioner said there was no no reasonable grounds that he paid city staff to work on his leadership campaign. And you say, like, ah, 
Patrick Brown in the clear. Everything's done. Everything's clear. No, not really. Um, this was just one. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just looking at a picture of him. Boy, is that a bad jacket he's wearing. Um, <laughs> that man has strange fashion sense. Um, that's not a reason to criticize him. It's, you know, good for him. Um, the rebel media had directed that particular accusation at him and and it and it hasn't hasn't stuck um we were discussing before we came on um the one thing we certainly do know is that that paid staff do work well, on we physical should, we cameras clar- i think we should just time. clarify like the the city so the accusation was when his conservative party leadership bid he had city staff who were clearly loyal to him uh, working on his campaign uh, his leadership campaign now the question was whether or not they were being paid by the city of brampton mm-hmm. as they were working on the on the campaign as it turns out no they weren't they were on a vacation uh leave uh it's a pretty horrible vacation if you ask me um but they're on vacation uh so they were not being paid uh by the by the uh uh by the by the city or on a leave of absence and they were working on his campaign for the for the time being um so yeah i mean it, it, the thing is this happens all the time in politics like this is when we we've had we you and i have worked in politics a long long time uh in party politics and this is what happens is you have they say, you know, if you like through it, they bring in the pros, right? The, the the pros from Toronto, the pros from Ottawa. And this is every party does this. There's not, I've never met one party that does not organize themselves this way, but you'll have people, communications experts who are party loyalists, clearly, who work in some minister's office or an MPP, MP or MPP's office. They are no, well known as, oh, they know their stuff when it comes to communication or policy or just campaigning in general. We're going to send you out to so-and-so's campaign to help them out, or you're going to go help your boss get reelected. It's typically how it works. Now, they are not being paid by the by Ottawa or by Toronto, like by Queen's Park or by Parliament when they shipped out to the various ridings. They are on vacation. They take a vacation and they're told, you go, we, we'll, we'll tell you to go there. And they get, you know, some volunteer puts them up in their house for six weeks or eight weeks or however long the, the campaign period takes. That's what, I mean, Patrick Brown is a political animal. I don't know if he know, knows how to do anything else other than politicking. So, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that he says, this is what we do. And it, I think, it comes down to a little bit of hypocrisy in terms of the Conservative Party at their leadership level for saying, oh, no, we're going to kick him out of the race because he's using questionable ethics. So it's like, come on, like, come You all on. know how it yeah. works. You know how it works. You know this is what's done. And to be fair to those, I mean, a, you know, it, it, it's one of those silly situations where you're, you know, Emily remembers watching the West Wing, uh, you know, because Jebediah Bartlett or whatever in the West Wing would, would never do a, a bad thing. He would physically not take a phone call in the in in the White House that was to there was a political party political uh, phone call. He would mm-hmm. you know leave the building to take that call. Uh, and we have that that kind of you know you take one hat off and put another hat on, and it's kind of a a a mental state of being, if you like. It's like okay, now I'm working 
as a partisan, whereas five minutes ago I was a, a neutral government employee. <laughs> um, right. And that's possible. I mean, that is kind of possible. And they are not getting paid by the taxpayer when they do that. Um, and the other thing to bear in mind is that a lot of the, the political staff who are you know public servants on the taxpayer dime, uh, when their party loses, they lose their job. They are fired immediately. They have no job security. They yeah. have nothing. They are completely at the whim. They're, they're the, probably the most unprotected workers in the country, oh, political yeah. staffers. Um, uh, they have, you know, absolutely no um, uh, sort of employment rights in, in many ways. Um, uh, and so it's like totally fair. It's like, well, they should be, you know, for goodness sake, let, let them work to try and keep their jobs because uh, they're going to be on the pogey in a few minute, in a few hours, you know. Um, so, and I guess that's kind of the same at a, um, at a city hall level too. I mean, certainly with some, you know, your job might not go away, but you might end up with a very different job after an election if your if your boss loses. Um, so, um, yeah, all of which does not get Patrick Brown remotely off the hook for doing what he's now done, which is kind of use this. Oh, it's all just all just a conspiracy to get me to shut down an investigation into um, uh, uh, to shut down an investigation of the money spent into the uh, proposals to 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 try and get a, a, a university built in Brampton. Um, so the uh, uh, you know the, there's a whole thing that's been running for 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 a good while about about that university, which was a which was you know a, a huge part of Patrick Brown's kind of election campaign back in 2018. Is oh, we're going to bring a university to Brampton, and we did all these preliminary studies. And we spent a whole lot of money to find out that you know what, no one's putting a university in Brampton anytime soon, uh, which you know. Uh, seems to be a completely reasonable thing for an integrity commissioner to look at and the integrity commissioner has already done a lot of work but now patrick brown feeling that he's been vindicated in one thing got his buddies to basically vote that investigation out of existence and say well it's just all you know it's just all more political gamesmanship or or whatever um and you know and you can go through item after item in, in brampton's recent history and you know see this pattern of of genuinely dubious behaviour on the on the behalf of Patrick Brown, the things that are not normal for a mayor to do, of employing people that are not, you know, uh, neutral in 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 the usual way of of city employees, but are brought in from outside who have political connections. Um, you know, there's a whole lot going on. So so, so we shouldn't let uh, this particular thing that was brought by, you know, rebel media. Um, that was kind of BS in which the Conservatives used as a way to get him out of a race they didn't want him to be in um, from, from from the more ongoing problems with uh, Patrick Brown's mayoralty in uh, Brampton. Yeah, it's a... It, I mean, there's, there's... I don't know. I, I, I can't really add too, add too much to that. It is... My my concern will be after this municipal election because it does appear that Patrick Brown is going to come walk back into office as mayor of Brampton. Um, depending on how the makeup of that council works, I can picture this pseudo scandal. I call it pseudo because it's still unfolding. Quietly, just 
going away. Um, yeah. it, 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 it's, um, uh, it, we should, it, it, we should it, point think, out, um, just, just what yeah. we're on the subject just before we move on, but the, you know, the, the investigation into the university, uh, consulting and advocacy, uh, thing, um, has already delivered a preliminary report, an interim draft report, and that interim draft report found serious irregularities. So they're cancelling a report that's already been paid for, for which the work has already been done, that's already found, you know, interim, okay, yep, interim evidence of 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 problematic behaviour, and they're cancelling that now to say, oh, this is all political nonsense. No, I mean, yes, this, what, what's happening is now is a good time to bury this when you've just been vindicated on another front um and that is a if that is allowed to pass that's a real shame um you know yeah, yeah like i say it seems i don't understand brampton um <laughs> i don't understand brampton politics at all but it, you know judging by the polls patrick brown's likely to win an easy victory there and fair enough that's democracy i guess mm -hmm. Um, well, you get but, what you vote for. But some point, some point, things you know, there are too many things coming up too often, which are too credible, which are very different from, oh, hey, look, someone donated to someone, um, that, you know, asks serious questions about the leadership at Brampton City Hall. Right. Well, I think on that note, we should call it a night, uh, call it an episode, put this one in the can, put it to rest. Uh, thanks very much, everyone, for listening. We'll catch you uh, next Tuesday. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We'll catch you uh, next Tuesday. Bye-bye. That's it for this episode of the 905er. Thank you for listening. As always, you can send us your feedback, thoughts, and concerns, or ideas for future episodes to our email, info at 905er.ca. We'd love to hear from you. You can help us keep the 905er going by financially supporting us through Patreon as well as PayPal. Visit us at 905er.ca and click on the support tab. As well, links are in the show notes for your convenience. Lastly, you can find us on social media. Search for the underscore 905er on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So long for now. See you next time. Listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. 
Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster and not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100% because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth.